Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, it's a very special episode of Locked On Dodgers. We have two special guests, Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz from the Baseball Barbercast. We will be talking about uh, everybody's preseason predictions in the National League West and what went wrong there, or as from a Dodger fan perspective, what went very right. We'll talk about the Mookie Betts versus Ronald Acuna MVP discussion, and then we'll look forward to the postseason and what that might look like for the Dodgers. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day, just like we won't. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Samperio, although today I've got two guys who are a lot better than Vince. I've got Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman of the Baseball Barbercast. Jake, Jordan, and Jeff... We are all lifelong Dodger fans, right? I always have been. Hey, that song in the intro, is that a Dodger song? That was a great little tune. You know, (laughs) it's actually just, uh, you know, my my brother wrote that, you know, entirely original recording and and played it on a a real baseball stadium organ or something like that, you know. I I just wanted to say, Jeff, uh, very kind introduction. Shots fired at Vince. I'm sure Vince does an awesome job, but... We will try to be better than Vince on this episode of Long Don Dodgers. We are very happy to be here. Uh, the Dodgers are a team we certainly spend plenty of time talking about on our podcast, but uh, always, always more to get to. Yeah. Speaking of things in Dodgerland named Vince, uh, <laughs> until I was 12, I thought it was Vince Cully. Vince Cully. Uh, this is uh first time that the three of us have been in the same place since October 24th, 2017. When this photo was oh, taken, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah. that is before game one of the 2017 World Series. Jake and Jordan were walking around Dodger Stadium trying to find passionate Astros fans to talk to. And, uh, you know, we, we, oh, we snapped that picture. That, Jeff, that age is so funny in so many ways. Look yeah. at how innocent, clean shaven, none of us. All of us. You, you didn't it. know the camp banging. No, I was. Well, that was. We just have no idea what I had we brown were. hair back then. It was crazy. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. it has been very, very cool. We've known you for, for quite some time. We, we're going to talk Dodgers. Let's, uh, let's jump right in, shall we? I was, uh, you know, you guys do the baseball barbecast three days a week. Uh, in, during the postseason, it's going to be five days a week. You're finally going to do as many uh, episodes a week as I do. Finally. And so, Jeez. congratulations on that. And, uh, I, I, I took this opportunity, knowing I was going to be talking to you guys, I went back and listened to your guys' National League West preview episode from March 29th. And uh, I want to share some of the highlights of that. Uh, let's see. Jordan said, we're heading into a new era of NL West baseball. Uh, Jake said, this is the full test of the Dodgers' magic thing. This is the year where we really see how much does it actually work. Uh, and then – then later, Jake, Jake said, this is like when Jordan got to college and actually had to do his homework. So yeah. My first question is, Jordan. And guess what? If you, were com- if you were comparing your college career to the 2023 Dodgers, how does it stack up? 
Well, I think there's some similar similar parallels there. Um, My quote ages. Both of those age well, man. Yeah. Both of those age really well. And, and I want to take a second and I want to apologize on behalf of all the dumb, dumb national prognosticators out there. But you can't blame us. Here we are over the winter. We've seen the Dodgers be good for a decade and it's getting boring. And here's this fun yellow and brown team down the road and they're signing every free agent and there's loud music and loud noises. And guess what? My ADHD got me a little bit distracted. And yes, I fell for the shiny new thing. And yes, I was wrong. The Dodgers are inevitable. They're going to win every World Series from now until the day we die. Did, did I do oh, a good job? I, I like that. Right. Let's keep. Well, let's keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Back, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love. Thank you. That is great. There's. I'm sure there's a million versions of this. this is true for anybody, right? It's like go back yeah. and put yourself in the past. Um, I. I was obviously referring to. Diamondbacks, the upstart Diamondbacks kind of making noise here. I mean, it was, and, and I will also say that for the first few months, it, there was some interesting things happening, right? It was like, okay, this is so, something weird is happening here. But to your credit, because Jeff, you did it, you, the Dodgers fan, they couldn't have done it without you. You're part of that magic thing that Jake was referring to. And we can get into that, that Jake was kind of jokingly referring to at the start of the season, because I've been talking about a lot lately, but it really is just such an impressive organizational achievement. And while uh, I've just talked about that on our episode earlier this week and last week, and while the Giants fans can quote tweet my thoughts all they want and say, oh, how many World Series do they want? Uh, I don't care because to win this many games in any context, you know, the postseason crapshoot. And I think that what they have achieved here, um, especially in this season, which has been in some ways, one of the more challenging ones uh, is super impressive for sure. Yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing. I actually put together a list of things that have happened with the Padres and the Dodgers this year. Uh, quickly, Padres, Blake Snell's a front runner for the Cy Young Award. Juan Soto's been awesome. Fernando Tatis turned into one of the best defensive right fielders in baseball. Xander Bogarts has hit roughly like he has throughout his career. Hassan Kim has been outstanding offensively and defensively. Luis Camposano and Gary Sanchez somehow combined to be a great offensive catching tandem. Michael Waka's career resurgence continued. Josh Hader was dominant at closer. Overall, the Padres had the fifth best ERA in baseball. And then the Dodgers. Every member of the opening day starting starting rotation has missed time. Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin both had Tommy John surgery. Clayton Kershaw's fastball is down to 88. Noah Syndergaard was terrible, so terrible they got traded. He got traded to a team that later dumped him. Julio Urias was bad and then got arrested. Miguel Vargas didn't work out as a rookie. He's back in the minor leagues. Trace Thompson, the opening day center fielder, was terrible and got traded. Alex Vesia and Yancy Almonte both took a step backward. Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, and Emmett Sheehan, three rookie pitchers, all have ERAs of five and a half or worse. And yet, the Dodgers are 20 games ahead of the Padres. The Dodgers have already clinched the National League West. It, it's ridiculous, right? The magic thing is real, dude. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird dogs make you look good, uh, plain and simple. How can they help you make you look good? Well, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. They're here to give you the ability to move, the ability to look good, and the ability to be comfortable while looking good. And that's not a lot of things that can help you with that. And they've got the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's perfect for October baseball when it maybe gets a little bit sweaty because you get a little bit nervous. 
So Bird Dogs can help you out on the functional for any occasion. Go check out Bird Dogs right now and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at birddogs.com and you can get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONMLB or promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout for a free water bottle. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you've ever gotten up, and wanted to make breakfast, but uh, you don't have eggs or you don't have syrup for the pancakes or you're missing your coffee creamer, but you don't want to get up and you don't want to go out and get all that stuff. DoorDash grocery delivery can get you what you want right when you need it. Or let's just say it's a football Sunday and you have to do your grocery shopping for the week, but you want to watch football all day. Well, DoorDash grocery delivery can help you out there. They can get you what you want delivered when you need it right to your door and you can keep enjoying your football Sunday. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. So go right now, get the DoorDash app and get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code locked on MLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. That's 50% off. Don't forget, code LOCKEDONMLB, 50% off your first order with DoorDash. And what's what's most interesting about it to me is it's not how we thought they would do it. I think when you looked into the crystal ball in, in April and you said, okay, let's envision a world where the Dodgers win 97 games and do it again. I would have assumed Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas, Gavin Stone, Pepio, Bobby Miller has been amazing. Yes, whatever. Yeah. Like I would have assumed that those young guys would have come up and been amazing right away. Or maybe Syndergaard really did find 100 again. Right. Now, that did not, out, that did not happen. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Outman has been the guy who has come forth from the farm system to become a contributor. But the reason this team has been as good as they've been is Jason Hayward, is J.D. Martinez. Guys who we never thought were going to be as important as they've been. And the Dodgers' magic is not just in conjuring Max Muncy out of nowhere. We now know that they can rehabilitate and refurbish and rejuvenate the older players to be what they used to be. David Peralta has been a little bit lower than those other two, but the Jason Hayward resurgence, to me, is indicative of the wonder of the 2023 Dodgers and is different than how they have built this in previous seasons. In some ways, although I, I think that the Dodgers maybe... I, I think outside perception is a little bit wrong on uh, they, they do st- spend a lot of money for sure. And yeah. they have, but if you look at the big names, they traded for Mookie Betts, they signed Freddie Freeman. But beyond that, you know, there's been a lot of Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, Corey Seager, Co- Cody Bellinger, Tony Gonsolin, you know, guys who came up through the farm stage. There's been a lot of Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, guys who they grabbed off uh, Justin Turner, guys they grabbed off a scrap heap, you know? And so, I feel like Andrew Friedman has always been of the opinion that free agency isn't the only way to build a team and it's not even the best way because it is the least efficient way. And so last, you know, Jordan, you and I actually ran into each other at the winter meetings last year. Uh, You were trying to talk to uh, 
uh, Jose Batista about being on your podcast, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting next to Batista. We talked for a sec. But uh, at the, those winter meetings, everyone was upset about the Dodgers do it, not doing anything. But you look at the actual contracts that were handed out, you know, and uh, the Phillies owner has said sometimes you have to spend stupid money to make things happen. The Dodgers aren't going to spend stupid money. And so they weren't going to give anybody an 11-year contract. And so, you know, they weren't going to sign any of those guys. And I think it really was putting trust in their player development system, their manager, the ability to – if there's one thing we've learned from the Padres this year, it's that we, we maybe can't quantify how much a manager, his impact on a clubhouse can have, but it's got to be something, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it has more to do with, again, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, although – if we're talking about maybe underselling an obvious point, like the guys they have invested in, in Mookie and Freddie, I mean, you basically, it's not just that you pick the perfect guys to do it with. It's that they have embraced each other and embraced still putting up. I mean, they are having a historically amazing parallel seasons with each other. And that does cover up. And it was covering up a lot of, more offensive imbalance for a good portion of the season. You know, lately we've seen a lot more from Muncie and JD, but for a lot of the season, it really was just those two and it was enough because they're that good. And so even knowing that those are the guys worth committing to because they, Mookie and Freddie are never bad. It is like truly. And you look around at the free agents that have been signed you mentioned Bogarts. You look at Turner. You, like, Turner was awful for three months. Now, obviously, he's been one of the best players in baseball for the last few months, and that's in there, right? The, at no point, even Bogarts, and I know some of that was injury-related, month and a half, two months, bad hitter. You can't find a two-month stretch for either of these guys where they have been bad hitters. It doesn't exist. And so that creates an amazing floor, and the ceiling for both of them has somehow continued to ascend, particularly from the power side of Mookie, and then Freddie with, you know, he might get the 60 doubles or some insane number. So I think, like, of course, it's easy to get tired of just being like Mookie, Freddie, Mookie, Freddie. But to invest in those two guys and have them be the pillars of your franchise, two guys that were pillars of other franchises, is a pretty amazing way to do it. And it's worked out as well as you could possibly hope. And they brought in both of their best friends. Jason Hayward and Freddie Freeman are best friends. J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts are best friends. You know, and, and all four of those guys, it's like, hey, let's get better together and be awesome. Yeah, it's really cute. It is cute. That's the word I was looking for. It's like Mookie called Andrew Friedman and was like, can I have a play date? But, but I will say, like, it makes me more compelled. And even though, obviously, we, I'm sure, said all kinds of dumb things about them before the season started. At the same time, like, I was more compelled by this group because there were some more new faces. And I know Mookie's been there for a while now and Freddie in his second year. But there was a stretch of the Dodgers winning the division every year where I was just like, I don't. And there's some of those guys are still around, like Chris Taylor and Muncie and whatever. But even moving on from Turner and even now seeing some different pitchers in the mix, even though some of them haven't been always consistently productive, I, I've found it more, more interesting. I'm, I'm more compelled by watching new characters every October than the same ones trying to beat down the same door. So in that sense, I, I have enjoyed watching the Dodgers maybe more than I have in recent seasons. Absolutely. And the only reason I brought up the preseason predictions is because everybody was wrong, you know, and, and, it, and you guys were actually, uh, like, like Jake said, you guys were higher on the Dodgers than a lot of people were. Uh, you you mentioned Fangraph's 88 win projection for the Dodgers, and Jordan said, "I'll smash the over on that." Uh, <laughs> then the actual Vegas over under was 96 and a half, and you guys both took the under, but 
it, it, it there was some hemming and hawing. So, you know, and, and that's about where the Dodgers are going to end up. They're probably going to end up around somewhere between 96 and 100 wins, yeah. depending on the next week and a half. And so, you know, it, it's right there. And, and so you guys were actually pretty close. It, it's really it's really just that the Padres have been so disappointing. It, it's why this is a story. The, the Dodgers have been about what people who are really paying attention probably would have expected them to be, even though, like you said, it's happened totally differently than anybody would have expected. Right. And I think that's been enjoyable because what Jordan said is, you know, anybody listening to your show every day is in. They'll watch the three of us throw on the uni and play for the Dodgers. But for us as neutrals, when there are 29 other teams out there that are trying to grab our attention, there are times where it's like, okay, well, the Dodgers are down 3-1 to one in the fifth and they're going to win. Duh. And I would rather watch a movie or hang out with my fiance or watch the Brewers, right? Because I've seen this movie before. I've seen the Dodgers do this. But it's the best movie, Jay. It's the best movie for you <laughs> because you love it. Because you feel that, right, it's fandom, of course. Yeah. I would watch, I'm an Orioles fan. Like, I've loved every moment of this. I don't get bored of it. Duh, because they're my team, right? But for neutrals, like, it was the same thing a lot, right? And that's not a bad thing. And they shouldn't change it so that I can be entertained. That's stupid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this year, it reminds me a little bit in a weird way of the 2017 Yankees, except with old guys, where it's like, oh, this team, we see them all the time. They're always good. But like, oh, it's some interesting new blood. Like, I love watching Jason Hayward kick this year. That's been so much fun to watch. And so I feel almost like a rejuvenated appreciation for Dodger land. Yeah, Jason Hayward's remarkable. Like, he... He doesn't look like a baseball player. He looks like somebody said, hey, here's the best athlete in the world. Let's see if he can play baseball. And so everything he does, like, it's not quite how you would teach it, and yet it's awesome. So here's the thing about Hayward, and, and sometimes it's very complicated player development. I think he's happier. And wouldn't you be better at your job if you're happier at work? And it's that simple. I think he's more comfortable than he's been in the past, and it's showing. Yeah. Um, if they win the World Series, that will be the guy that I am the happiest for. Jordan and I talk about this all the time, envisioning teams winning the World Series and then the celebration. Who are you excited to see hoisting the trophy or being hammered in the locker room? And for me, Jason Hayward is at the top of the list for the Dodgers. Nice. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Every Sunday can become even more fun with FanDuel. That's, you got an app. It's easy to use. And you can bet on a lot of different things. It's not just who's going to win, who's going to lose. You can bet on that. You can bet on spreads. You can bet on the points, you know, plus seven, minus seven, whatever it is. You can bet on player props. Will so-and-so get 100 yards? Will so-and-so score a touchdown? Will he not score a touchdown? And over-unders, you know, will the teams combine and score 46 points or will they combine and score under 46 points? There's all that and more right now. Go visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and include, oh, sure. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So let's uh, let, let's move on. Let's talk about the MVP race. Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna are neck and neck. They have nearly identical OPSs, nearly identical OPS pluses. 
you know, Acuna's got the edge in stolen bases. Obviously, Mookie has the big edge on defense. Uh, Mookie has a higher war, but not as much higher as it was a few weeks ago. Uh, so that gap is closed. And and the gap that he does have is because of the defense. You know, basically, his defense is a little bit more valuable than Acuna's stolen bases. It's basically what we're seeing right now because the offense is almost the same. And uh, But it's rare, I think, for a guy to win – uh, an MVP because of his defense. You know, yeah. Nolan Arnauto hasn't won an MVP. Brooks Robinson, you know, uh, Ozzy Smith never won an MVP. You know, all these guys who are great defensive players, you have to do it offensively. And so that's why this is so interesting because Mookie Betts has basically done it offensively, but maybe not quite as historically as Ronald yeah. Acuna does. So what are you guys thinking? Well, so first, the defense point is really interesting. If it was Acuna's an average defender and Mookie's Kevin Kiermeyer then that's a different conversation. Where in actuality, it's Ronald's bad right now in right defensively. Except for bad to below average. Like his arm is incredible, but Great his arm. range is terrible, right? We know that. And Mookie's defensive value is not overwhelming. Like he's very good at multiple things, and that makes it a very impressive thing. But it's not as if he's going to win the gold glove, I think, at either second base or right field. And so it's harder to give him pizza points for defense when it's not like this is one of the best defenders in the world, if that makes sense. So just on the broad perspective, I don't have a vote. If I did, I'd vote for Acuna. I don't think that takes anything away from Mookie Betts. I think if you said, Jake, which player would you rather have next season or the next three? I would take Mookie. But I think that what Acuna has done this year is so freaking cool. And it doesn't take anything away from, from Mookie, but in my mind, this is the year of Ronald Acuna. And that's why I would give him the vote. And quickly, I'm sure that there are Dodgers fans listening to this being like, the 40-70 season is fake because of the new rules, and he never would have stolen 70 bases if it not for the new rules. Is that something you've heard or seen? You know, we, we've had a few people wanting yeah. us to talk about that, and we've resisted okay. that urge. So just quickly on that. 70 is because of the new rules. But no one has more than him. So if it was so easy, why wouldn't you, everyone else do it? And two, if you take 70 and you're like, all right, it would have been less, it would have been 40. You know, he would have gotten to 40-40 if he has one more home run. And so those two things just have me leaning Acuna. No shade to Mookie. He's a real nice ball player who could do a lot of things for your club. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think the new rules, if anything, just reminded people, oh, stolen bases are still a thing. You know, yeah. so you know, it's, it's four and a half inches. I'm sure that of Acuna's 70 stolen bases, maybe five of them, he was safe by less than four and a half inches. I mean, he's very fast, you know, and so it's it, it's not really the new rules, Jordan. Well, it's not. It's more than just the bases, right? It's the disengagement rules. It's it's just much harder for pitchers to to kind of control the running game, which is great. It makes the yeah. whole thing more entertaining. Um, so I agree with that. The thing I would say, and and I'll just get out of the way and say I'm also would be a Acuna supporter because I do feel like he has kind of defined the season in a big way. But I, I do think that I do disagree with Jake about Mookie's defense. Because I think that him essentially becoming Ben Zobrist, but with an 1,000 OPS, is completely nuts. There is really no evidence of a player playing two positions at the same time with this level of offensive production. That's just not really something that's happened in baseball history. That's a little bit more of a nuanced thing that he is accomplishing. 
and how good he is at second versus right is, you know, if he's average at both, again, the fact that he is actually doing both this consistently, be, giving the Dodgers that flexibility is wild. And that part in the way that when I talk about Acuna in a positive way, just the strides that he's made on offense to cut his strikeout rate by 10%. It's not just the power and the steals. Like he's just an overall better hitter than even if the OPS plus is close, like he's a more impactful hitter than even Mookie than almost anybody in the league. But at the same time, I think that that's going under undervalued in terms of Acuna. But what Mookie being able to actually just play both those positions is is completely nuts. And I think that that is is a, a, a an especially impressive thing that he's accomplishing that we really haven't seen anybody else do. Two more points off that. One, there is something about Acuna that's very obvious. Not to say that Mookie's talent and his value is hidden in any way, but like you watch Ronald Acuna play baseball for two minutes and you're like, oh, that boy, nice. Like that guy's awesome. Right, and Mookie is is that too, and but there, Jordan's right. There's something about the nuance of the two positions that maybe isn't obvious to someone who doesn't watch a lot of ball, right? Like, oh, why can't they just move around? Well, it's really hard, and I think that Mookie does deserve credit. Second thing, this is totally irrelevant. He would get my vote for AL MVP. Who would? <laughs> I think I would vote for Mookie over Otani. Interesting. <laughs> I think I know that's not how this works at all. And Otani's incredible, duh, future Dodger, duh. Um, I think I, if I, I would have to dig into it a little bit more, but I would definitely consider like Mookie's season over Otani's season. Oh, interesting. That's yeah, a funny I, way to be wrong on multiple occasions. To make people angry, I love it. Also, Mookie started 12 games at shortstop too. Which is yeah. Just, just I, really- I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mookie does win a gold glove because they have the utility gold glove now. And, oh, right. And so I would guess he does get a gold glove. And here's something that, that. that Dodger fans maybe are more in tune to than, than people who, who watch all the teams. Uh, Mookie playing second base is the reason that Jason Hayward is having a great season. Yeah. Exactly. Because, that's, what I, that's totally. But that's, that's part of it, right? It's like him giving – it's not just that he's talented enough to do it. It's what it's enabling – the rest of the team because Jason Hayward in center field early in the season was not great defensively and it wasn't until he got back where he was comfortable in right field and getting to start every game against right-handed pitching in right field where he's an elite defender you know and he's comfortable so he can hit and and that's because Mookie Betts can play second base and play it well and sure you know Hayward's not playing second (laughs) yeah I'd like to see it yeah I would like to see him do it left-handed also like yeah that's the thing I mean None of this is to discredit. I mean, Mookie, and, and and you could point out, oh well, what about Mookie? Like he's got career high in home runs. Like he's leveled up. You could argue he's leveled up offensively also. And I, I hear that, and like it's, I can't say you're wrong. Uh, I just like I said, the Acuna season is just overwhelming, and all the defense yeah. flexibility for Mookie is it's, it doesn't overdo what 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 Ronald's done on offense. And one last point on this, I want to emphasize to people listening that the conversation about MVP too often resorts to throwing stones at the other guy. Just like Hall of Fame talk. Just like Hall of Fame talk. This should be about boosting your own guy up and not pulling the other guy down. And the reason that awards exist, besides, you know, it makes money for the league, uh, is that it's a chance to celebrate greatness. And that is what I hope that the discourse is. And I actually think that the Mookie... The Mookie Acuna discourse has not felt that toxic. So good job, everybody. 
I think everybody, everybody's happy that everybody agrees that Mookie and Acuna, in some order, are the two best players in the league this year. Correct. And that Olsen and Freeman are three and four. Yeah, in, in <laughs> one order or another. Yeah, those. that's your top four. Uh, yeah. All right, really I, quick. Uh, oh, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Really quick, let's talk about the postseason. Uh, we have no idea who the Dodgers are going to play in the NLDS. We do know they won't be playing in the wildcard series, even though that's not officially official yet as we're recording. But uh, they'll play in the division series against somebody. And then we know that most likely they'll play against the Braves in the NLCS if they get there. Uh, but last year, the Dodgers are going to play the Mets in the NLCS. And that didn't exactly work out for either team. So uh, who do you guys like? What do you think is the Dodgers? How happy are they going to be? How happy am I going to be on my daughter's birthday on November 3rd? So it's super weird because I go, I go up and down on this. I'll watch the Brewers one day and I'll be like, these guys can chuck the pill. These are some real pitchers that the Dodgers, frankly, this year do not have. Right? You, Freddie Peralta would be starting game one for the Dodgers and he's going to start. Uh, he would start game three of a series if the Brewers could line it up. And then I'll watch the Brewers hit. And I'll be like, Dodgers in four. And so I really do fluctuate between those two things. I think something that hurts the Dodgers is the way that the schedule lines up. So there's the three wild card games. Let's just say the Brewers win it, just for the sake of simplicity. Like, they can, if they win it in two, they can throw Peralta in game one. And then there's a day off after game one that they could then roll Corbin Burns back probably for game two. And that in some ways negates LA's pitching advantage that might hurt them. So I, that is something that does concern me. Now at the same time, boy, does the Brewers offense stick. That is not a good offense. As far as the Braves are concerned, I can't sit here and pick the Dodgers to beat the Braves. I could be wrong. You know, baseball's stupid and there are coin flips and it's the playoffs, right? It's random chance. But I just think the Braves are a more complete baseball team right now. And that doesn't take anything away from the Dodgers. But I, I just, right, short, like, I can't pick the Dodgers to beat the Braves. Yeah, but I think maybe that's, um, I know in 2020, the Dodgers, as goofy as the season was, I think one of the great the funny parts about the 2020 season is that the best team won. <laughs> one of the rare times. We haven't had that many in the last few years where the best teams are always in the World Series, the best team wins. The Dodgers have obviously had plenty of teams that feel like they're the best team and haven't won. Whereas in this case, you know, the Braves are the best team. And so at the same time, what the Dodgers have been able to accomplish with this group maybe makes me feel more confident that they'll kind of find yeah. a way to, to patch it through. But, man, I mean, they're they're just – they're losing. And, you know, Jake mentions the event. I mean, regardless of – they might not have an advantage anyway, even if the Brewers have to use all, like it's still going to be so dicey. And I think that we started to see flashes of some strong things from a couple of those younger guys, the way Emmett Sheehan looked in Seattle, the way Pepio has been throwing, of course, I'm his number one fan. Uh, there's, there's, there's a, starting to see enough here. And, and I'm still looking at this bullpen, which in the middle of the season, these numbers were terrible and now I look up and there's Evan Phillips and Bruce Starr and Ferguson and, and obviously Brian Brazier recently and Shelby. Phillips, I, Phillips I do not trust right now. He has looked 
Okay, well, that, that's again, there's, there's been enough other guys that have yeah. started to, to really start to look good that I'm less worried on that. And, but and like, by me... the way, if there was one also something I was 1 million percent correct on is that Ryan Yarbrough has been awesome. And okay. I know that they were trying to get Erod and that makes sense and whatever, but like that was a layup that he was going to be awesome for them, even more confident in that in Lance Lynn. So uh, he'll be he'll be important for them. So, Jeff, the Braves rolled into L.A., what, like three weeks ago? And they took the first three games of that series. How are you feeling at the end of that? Like, I'm sure you watch some of the Braves and you see them as, you know, public enemy number one for the Dodgers. Seeing those two teams on the field at the end of a four-game set, what was your takeaway? You know what? I said before the series started, and I felt the same way at the end, that no matter what happened in that series, I won't feel any better or worse about a potential postseason matchup. The Dodgers could have swept that series. It wouldn't have made me any more confident. They could have got swept. It wouldn't have made me any less confident because as a Dodger fan, the one thing I've learned over and over and over again over the last decade is that the best team doesn't always win in October. And so it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it mattered. Like when the Dodgers lost to the Braves in 2021, it was because Eddie freaking Rosario like it wasn't because of Ronald Acuna or Max Freed or Freddie Freeman. It was Eddie Rosario, you know? And so yeah. there's no reason that Jason Hayward or James Outman or Max Muncy won't be this year's Eddie Rosario yeah. or this year's, you know, uh, Steve Pierce. Listen, Steve Pierce listen. was the World Series MVP against the Dodgers. Like you don't have to be good to to dominate in the postseason i love the idea of dodgers fans year after year being like dang the best team doesn't always win it's dang, finally gonna work the in our best team doesn't year. always win and this year they're like oh nice the best team doesn't always win you know what every once in a while things go our way that's exactly uh that's exactly what i was was kind of hinting at before well, let's be honest it's gonna be cold and long i'm ready for it i've accepted oh, yeah. it i've accepted that the worst hitter in baseball for the first three months with seattle will surely be delivering clutch hits all month long and i'm happy for him and i'm happy for you in advance cold Jordan, are you aware that Grayson rodriguez deep in the world series <laughs> if 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 the o's are in the world series what are you talking about forget the uh, orioles that's great we'll get swept sure whatever <laughs> Um, Jordan, are you aware that since joining uh, the Dodgers, I believe Colton Wong has the highest hard hit rate on the team? I know. I'm familiar. I I understand what's going on. This is not – thank you. None of it is surprising. And he got a warm welcome when he went back to Seattle last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Guys, this is awesome. Uh, Thanks for – it's fun to catch up with you guys. Baseball Barbicast, B-A-R-B-Cast. Um, if you don't know Jake and Jordan's uh, history, uh, it, it's a fun podcast. They've been, you can probably still find their old podcast. Don't uh, do that. From when they were in high school. Don't do uh, that. Oh, I meant to ask you guys, uh, Avril Levine or Kelly Clarkson? Kelly Clarkson. We <laughs> <laughs> changed our answers. That's oh. it. The good old days. But yeah, check out Baseball Barbecast wherever you get podcasts. uh, Three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now. uh, From what, October 15th through the end of the postseason, it'll be five days a week. Check it out there. And uh, guys, thanks for talking Dodgers with me. Thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure.